0: Hello, I am David Anthony, and you are listening to the Dollop on American History Podcast. Each week, I take a subject from American history, and I read it to my friend,
1: Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is about.
0: He doesn't. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. People are mean. Yeah. Stop it. He's smart. Assholes. Yeah. God, you want a little hit a dude? I'll do one bump.
1: <laughs> people say this is funny?
0: Not Gary Gara. they Dave okay? Someone or something is tickling people.
1: Is it for fun? And this is
0: not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You <laughs> are lot. Queen Fakie of made Uptown. town.
1: All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. <laughs> a bunch of religious virgins go to
0: mingle. And do what? Pray.
1: Hi, Gary. No. Nicely
0: <laughs> done, my friend. No. <laughs> no. <clears throat> the date October nineteenth, eighteen ten. Oh boy. Cassius Clay was born to General Green Clay and his wife, Sally Clay, and Claremont. He they're looks home great for
1: his age. Yeah.
0: They're home in the Richmond area of Madison County, Kentucky. Okay. General Green Clay was a decorated soldier who served in both the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812. Two great wars. Good. Really two of
1: my faves. Favorite wars. I love those.
0: Uh, Green Clay was a very successful in, uh, land surveyor who, in addition to amassing more than 40,000 acres in various territories, also had several lucrative businesses, including distilleries, taverns, and ferries. Okay. So he was all over that so shit. Things, he could things you, are good. He could get you to the tavern and back from the tavern yeah. across the river.
1: I mean, it might take a minute. He cornered the market. <laughs> yeah, sure. He,
0: he, but, he, made, he made the booze. He brought it to the tavern. He got you to the tavern over the river. Yep. Yeah. Later in life, he would be elected to the Kentucky Legislature. Green was a contemporary of Daniel Boone. Okay. Friends with the Boone. Yeah. All right. He's booning. Uh, Like Boone, Green Clay had set out from Virginia to explore the country as a 17-year-old and ended up working as a land surveyor in Kentucky. Back then, land surveyors were entitled to take half of the land they surveyed wow. for a payment for their services. Ah, boom. Because there were so many Indians trying to kill them and bears and they, shit. They did. So they, you got half the fucking land. That's a good one. So anybody who was a land surveyor should have been rich, but a bunch of them didn't because they just would, like, fuck off and go kill a bear and be like, Where, what did I do? Whoops. <laughs> that's a career decision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his wife, Sally, was a Calvinist Baptist who raised her children to be honest and to fight for what they believed in. Fight for what they thought was right. Ca- Cassius later said that he owed his character development to her stern upbringing. He was the youngest of six children. Okay. When he was a teenager, a <laughs> slave girl named Mary, <clears throat> who was his childhood playmate, stabbed to death a cruel overseer named Payne in a panic after he threatened her. Pa- I'm sorry, the name was Payne? Yeah, the guy, the foreman's name was Payne. That's a little aggressive as far as... It's a little over the top. Uh, yeah, to hire a guy named Payne to watch over
1: the. Stairs. I mean, you could have a regular name and inflict pain. I mean, it's just...
0: What about L- Larry? Larry.
1: Larry's a good name. Larry. He really inflicts pain. That's better than that's just better than like, pain.
0: Yeah. Inflicts pain. Oh, you so Pain. Re- he you're... actually gives you. He's a, such a sweetie. He, he's redundant. Such a softy. Um, Mary was acquitted by a jury of twelve white men, as it was clearly self-defense, but. Cassius' brother, who was in charge of the farm at the time, was pressured to sell her down the river. Now, do you know what selling down the river means? Uh, she's it, going to a... It was the worst thing that could happen to a slave. You would basically, at auction, see grown men crying because selling down the river meant they were going deeper into the south where they were It's worse. brutalized. Worse. Right. Like, up in Kentucky, they were treated much better than they were down in Mississippi. Just, it's,
1: it's amazing when you're like, God, I miss Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of sweethearts in Kentucky, huh? <laughs>
0: Mary's fate would affect Cassius the rest of his life Cassius attended the Madison Seminary St. Joseph's College in Bardstown I have a little cold so this is gonna be a little hard for me you'll get through it <clears throat> while there he got word that his father was dying he rushed home while his father lay on his deathbed he pointed toward the family cemetery and said I have just seen death come through the door then he died Wow, what the fuck? That's a fucked up death.
1: I, I, re- that is a gr- I really want my last words to be something just super just fucking Super insane? Cra- yeah. yeah. Look at all the dogs! And then just die. <laughs> you know, just leave them with something like, what does he mean?
0: The peppercorns here!
1: <laughs> oh no, they're throwing treasure!
0: <laughs> General Clay was generous to all his children in his will, giving them slaves and land. He even freed some slaves, giving them twenty dollars and fifty acre- acres of land. That's,
1: I mean, that's pretty nice. Uh, yeah, it's back in the day, on the spectrum we're dealing with, yep. that's pretty nice.
0: That's pretty nice. Of course, of, of course, weird for the other ones who were like, "Wait, yeah, I
1: still got to be a slave."
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, business is business, you know. So, I, fifteen of you get to be free. The rest of you, <sighs> it's
1: a real little lottery. Yeah,
0: you're on the fuck off part of the world.
1: Pain, pain. <laughs> Get out of here, Payne.
0: Payne's dead. Yeah, I know he's dead. But maybe you could have a new Pain, like a window Pain. Sure. <laughs> Cassius next attended Transylvania University in Lexington, and then Yale. That's the second time I've heard of Transylvania University. I know. No, it's the I'm second time. Podcast. I don't remember what we previously S- something talked else. about, but they're yeah, they're. I wonder if it's still there. It's a terrible name for a.
1: Yeah, if you like, if you went to a doctor's office and that was a degree on the wall, you'd be like, I'm uh, probably yeah, gonna got, roll.
0: Yeah. No, stay. We need to draw some blood. I'm going to suck on your neck. (laughs) I mean... uh... It was at Yale in 1831. He heard an anti-slavery speech by abolitionist William Lloyd Garrison. It changed the trajectory of his life. From then on, Cassius Clay spent a great deal of his life opposing slavery and working for its end. All right. Good. Clay made his first anti-slavery speech on February 22, 1832, during a celebration of George Washington's birthday. Clay was an emancipationist, all right. Not an abolitionist. They did not get along. Okay. Where emancipationists sought to eliminate slavery by gradual legal means, while abolitionists wanted slavery to end by any means possible. Good. So they could they would be more violent, or you know, so it's they didn't care how it happened; it just happened. Had to happen now.
1: Difference between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. That's what we're talking about,
0: girl. Their methods sometimes included violence And a disregard for the law of the United States Clay and the Emancipationists Including his cousin Senator Henry Clay uh, Who was known as the Great Compromiser Oh, and the Great Compromiser And Lincoln hoped to maintain the law And the Constitution While ridding the country of slavery by peaceful means That of course did not work mm mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Yep. Can't believe that Yeah, Because people who own slaves are usually totally reasonable Oh my god <laughs> For sure For sure. (laughs) After Yale, Clay returned to the home his father had built, which had been left to him. Awkwardly, he also had slaves. Um, Because the will stipulated he could not get rid of them for several years. So this is weird. I'm super against owning you, but I own you. Is that really something you have to honor? Yeah, you have to honor a will. But like.
1: I mean, th- but, what I'm learning so far is that my last words are going to be nuts, and I'm going to put crazy shit
0: in the will. Yeah, you can put whatever you want. The All right. British, uh, my
1: son needs to be in a pool for eight months after I die. You can wear one shoe for the rest of your life. <laughs> a Jingle keys for the next three weeks after my death, please.
0: It wasn't until 1840 that he was legally able to free the slaves, as well as the other ones that were left to him by his Aunt Patsy. Like, they were just at this point. It was like a practical joke. Yeah, yeah. Oh, another prank. Four more slaves. Oh, gosh. Here we go. It's just starting to feel like I was
1: getting rid of some of them.
0: (laughs) By 1844, he had freed all of his slaves, about $50,000 worth, which is a super weird and awkward thing to say. (laughs) For you. For (laughs) you. To just just put a price on people is very upsetting.
1: Oh, he freed about 50 grand worth of humans. (laughs)
0: It's just horrible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wonder why that was such a horrible time. Oh,
0: there goes. 50 grand. Woo, We're right, not going to see that money again. No, 50 grand is literally walking down the hill. Uh, He's going to get some new shoes. Uh, this was 17 years before the Civil War, uh, but he was not able to free all the slaves because his father had left some to Cassius's eventual children. <laughs> What?
1: That's, cr- that's fucking nuts. That's, so, so he Skipping a generation? Yeah,
0: he couldn't get rid of his slaves because he had to give them to his kids when they turned 18 or whatever. Sorry, uh, those are... I mean, those are a trust fund.
1: And the rest of you are going to have to wait 16 years.
0: Listen, Bill, uh, everyone's free except you're sort of a trust fund slave.
1: You see this uh, baby? That's your master.
0: <laughs> yep. You know what? I haven't come in a lady yet, but when I do, that's going to be your boss.
1: Please hurry up and come, sir. I will. I'm going to come as I, soon it's totally as possible. Totally and then gonna. it'll be from the coming. It'll be 18 years. Then after that, you're going to have a... the
0: rest of your life to do what you like. You're on what's known as a long slave ride. All righty. <clears throat> Cash has even bought slaves from neighbors and freed them. Okay, so that's right. Nice. That's good. Most of the now former slaves, uh, he gave jobs to on his property. This did not sit well with his slaveholding neighbors. As you can imagine, because they're like, really? You're going to the, give them money for yeah. doing what? We just gave you them. I let them live. Yeah. <laughs> That's,
1: it's what I'm calling a, a job. It's just how backwards was that world? Uh, upside down. How dare you not own people, you son of a bitch? My God, did you hear? He's paying them for labor. Cassius is not owning people. Uh,
0: my wife's fainted. Clay then re-entered Transylvania University to get a law degree. While he was there, he met Mary Jane Warfield, daughter of a doctor and one of Kentucky's first horse breeders. The family, especially the mother, did not like Cassius. Mm-hmm. Just, they were a little pro, they
1: too were, empathetic for my taste. Yeah,
0: they were pro-slavery as well, also. Of course. Just before Cassius and Mary were married, a former suitor of Mary's named Delare, Declare, sorry, sent her a letter. In it, he said Cassius had deflowered a young woman who had to move to Texas in disgrace, and then he slept with his slaves. Clay went to Louisville to confront, De- to confront Declare. He showed Declare the letter and asked for an apology. But Facebook None, would have just made this easier. A what, a what?
1: Facebook would have just made this so, so much, just much message easier. Right How about away. a tweet? Hey, prick.
0: What up, girl? <laughs> None was coming, so Clay beat the shit out of the man with a hickory stick he had brought <gasps> just for just such an occasion. Well, almost forgot my beating pole. Hey, look, I brought this. <laughs> Whackety-whack-whack. A friend of Clay's held off others with a gun while Clay proceeded with the beating. Jesus. After Cassius was done, he told Declare where he was staying if he'd like to continue. Quickly, word came that Declare requested a duel.
1: Oh, boy. Twice they tried to oh, duel. Oh, shit. Twice, duel was-
0: Twice? They tried to duel, but crowds showed up and were too large for them to go on. How, so everyone's like, people are gonna be killing each other
1: and they all came down to watch. <laughs> I'm glad we got away from the time that too many people cancels a
0: sport. <laughs> <laughs> well it's just everyone's it probably jockeying to get in the front. Yeah, I mean there. I, I could But imagine also that. if there's a crowd and you shoot you might hit someone in the crowd, right? <laughs> Listen, like, you showed
1: up to the fuck I that's know. why you don't want the fucking seats Don't behind. stand behind him. Yeah, you want the bench seats, not behind the goals. <laughs>
0: No, it's great to see back here because the bullet comes at you.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) I just see the downside to my plan. (laughs) Uh,
0: Finally, Declare suggested they duel on the day Clay was supposed to be married. Of course. Perfect. Total fucking bullshit move. Clay went off to get married and assumed if Declare was serious and wanted a duel, he'd request again. He married Mary on February 26th. A couple days later, word came from Louisville that Declare was calling Clay a coward for running away Oh shit! and said he would give Cassius a cow hiding if he ever saw him again. That's bullshit. What yeah. a little bitch move. He's a total b- total bitch move. Yeah.
1: Oh, you can't do this on the day of your wedding? Well, oh, somebody's a pussy. I don't
0: want to kill a guy on my wedding day. Yeah, be- 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 yeah, my vows. Cassius decided to pay Declare a visit on a trip back from St. Louis. <laughs> His his visits, by the way, are not good. (laughs) Once in Louisville, he packed his pistol and waited in Declare's hotel lobby. When Declare walked into the hotel, he turned pale and ran off. (laughs) Clay waited an entire day, but the duel was not forthcoming, so he left. The next day, word came that Declare had slashed his wrists in a tub. What? Yeah. He's just a full-on pussy. He just didn't.
1: But why not, at least at that point, go for the duel option? I, maybe he...
0: I don't know. Maybe he knew he couldn't win it, or... But, st- I mean... Maybe he was sad. <laughs> what, I mean, that's really... Who's it's, a coward? Yeah. Well, he maybe he went, I won, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> you lose, you couldn't shoot me.
1: <laughs> wow. That's a bold out. Yeah. I can't. I'll be dead. I'll be in a tub full of blood. <laughs> I'll be in a, dead, a tub of my blood.
0: Clay entered politics and was elected to state representative from Madison County in 1835. He lost the next year and then was elected again in 1837, which was amazing because of his anti-slavery views. Yeah. His speeches won him praise for his speaking skills, but made many enemies for their content speaking against slavery in central Kentucky. He was threatened often. He dueled often. Jesus. His wife was the only other anti-slavery person in his family.
1: We, but he didn't have kids or anything.
0: Right. Uh he was started cranking them out, but okay. they were still big. Okay,
1: so it's just kind of them against the rest of the genes. Yeah, but yeah,
0: like okay. all everyone, her family and right. most of his family. i, I although his cousin was. what a bunch
1: of lunatics not wanting to own. Humans.
0: <laughs> the humans. Can you believe this? In eighteen forty, during his campaign for a seat in the assembly general assembly, his opponent was Robert Wycliffe. Wycliffe was from a wealthy family and was pro slavery. During a speech, Wycliffe insulted Mary Clay mm. and Cassius, of course, challenged him to a duel. Of course. The duel was held on May the 13th, 1841. Both Clay and Wycliffe missed each other three times at 10 paces. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, And what kind of gun? I mean... Uh- well, they shoot, and then they hand it to a guy who reloads it and packs it with the powder. I mean, that's and then just so awkward. Puts the big round ball at it, and then... Packs it and then hands Can't, it to him. And then they, should, they shoot again.
1: They should have had more on deck. They should have had more pistols I don't think ready to do be, that. I mean, no. maybe
0: they did, but but from what I've read. So then usually... in between,
1: you're just kind of like, so um, I just, you know, it looks like you. Uh, you are you losing the, weight?
0: I am a little bit. Have you? Did you see the game last week? I did. And I will yes, tell oh, oh, here's a gun. Oh, here I got to go, All right. Go. right bang. <laughs>
1: uh, shit.
0: Um, Cash just wanted to keep going. For a fourth round But his friends Talked him out of it After the duel He pretty much gave up dueling Because he received A letter from his mother Telling him life Was too valuable to duel She used a lot of Religious like Yeah What are you doing God put you on this earth Blah blah blah
1: Although he did have Another
0: duel He did have another duel With an officer In the army On his way to Mexico Okay That came later Robert Wycliffe Was still out for blood However in 1843, he hired a man from New Orleans. Like this is the guy who insulted him. Yeah, I was just going to say. still wants why, to hurt? Why is because he? Because he's pissed? because he's anti-slavery. So they're just in a fucking rage. They're it, all in a it, rage. It
1: just does remind you so much of like t- if someone says anything today, you can't like you say they have freedom of speech, but you say something, people will fucking yeah. do I anything to go, no stop you? it. Yeah. So he's still out for blood. In
0: 1843, Wickliffe hired a man from New Orleans named Samuel Brown to attack Cassius. Brown's chant, chance came at a political rally in Fayette County on August 1st. As Clay was speaking to the crowd, Brown called him a liar. Liar. And clubbed him with an umbrella. Ding. Okay, so, <laughs> worst hitman ever. <laughs> I mean, can you, imagine, can
1: you imagine? Liar, thwack. Can I talk to you for a second? What is your goddamn plan? He must well, be- I called him a liar and then I hit him with my umbrella.
0: It's like a Batman episode. <laughs> yeah, you really? he, but he must he, like he had to walk up to the stage and hit him, like, or maybe he was standing on the ground. But he had to like walk up close and swear.
1: Well, that might have been his plan. Maybe is that like if he had a gun, people would maybe be like get get down. But an umbrella, people are like, I think he's expecting rain. What is he doing? I don't know.
0: Well, he did a, have a gun because he then drew his pistol and fired at Clay's chest. All right, oh, so that's bad, right? Oh, back off, yeah. Luckily. Clay kept his favorite weapon, his Bowie knife, inside of his coat.
1: Get the fuck out. The
0: bullet struck the knife and bounced off harmlessly. Clay was naturally enraged. (laughs) Holy shit. He pulled his knife out and went to work, or as he later stated, quote, cut away in good earnest. Ooh, (laughs) that's deep. Quote. Brown has his skull cut to the brain in several pieces. One ear was nearly cut off. His nose was slit. One eye was cut out and many other wounds. The entire time the attack was taking place, spectators were hitting clay with hickory sticks and chairs. But the fight continued. What? Continued? Brown's own friends were so concerned for his life that they grabbed him and threw him over a fence into a creek about eight feet down. With friends so, like these, so that he
1: would be out of Clay's reach. I mean, <laughs> thank you. Is there maybe a better
0: plan than to throw him? What in about creek? stopping him? Yeah. <laughs> Quick, throw him in the creek.
1: <laughs>
0: Somehow, Brown survived his injuries. Jesus! He then sued Clay for mayhem.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> what? <laughs> Cause what?
0: Because people are awful.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, uh, he made me look crazy when <laughs> I tried to kill him No, I got one eye and one ear I'm gonna stir him I'm full of All I did was shoot him in the belly
0: <laughs> The trial was held in Fayette County And Clay hired his incredibly popular cousin, Henry Clay, as his lawyer Henry was a senator and as loved in Kentucky as Cassius was hated Naturally, Cass- Cassius was acquitted. Okay. Sam Brown, who had a vastly different appearance now.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, what was the difference? No eye or brain or ear?
0: <laughs> uh, he was always gurgling well, he 3 water out of his mouth? He had flaps of skin hanging off his head, and uh-huh. no ear, a slit nose, and uh, one eye. <laughs> yeah, well, other than that, though. Uh, Sam Brown was killed in a steamboat explosion in Louisville in 1844. At which point you heard him say, thank God. Oh, it's over For you. In his autobiography, Cassius would call Brown the bravest man he ever fought. How oh, about that?
1: Well, uh, okay. he's, Cassius seems like a nice, uh, a very respectable, yeah. pro- he
0: respects his opponent. He does. But his opponents
1: must have also been a long line of huge pussies.
0: Huge pussies. <laughs> Next, Clay became a newspaper publisher, launching a paper called The True American. He was one of the very few anti-slavery newspaper men in the South. The wealthy slave owners saw his paper as a great threat, mostly because it made very good points about slavery. Shh, don't be logical right Uh, now. Like, it was morally wrong, it was cruel, it resulted in lower wages for the working class and undercut everyone in the economy except for the wealthy. It's called trickle-down economics, asshole. (laughs) It's trickle-down economics... In the first month of the paper's existence, he received a death threat written in blood. Whoa. You are meaner than the autocrats of hell. You may think you can awe and curse the people of Kentucky to your infamous course. You will find, when it is too late for life, the people are no cowards. Eternal hatred is locked up in the bosoms of braver men. Yours better for you. The hemp is ready for your neck. Your life cannot be spared. Plenty thirst for your blood are determined to have it. It is unknown to you or your friends, if you have any, and in a way you little dream of, signed the revengers.
1: If you're going to write a letter in what I'm going to assume is your own blood. Yeah. Let's cliff note it. We don't I mean that's a you probably pass out during that writing. That's a lot of work. But it was really well written. It's well written, but you could also just be like, "Hey, fuck face, stop it."
0: <laughs> the Revengers. Do you I wrote one that says hey fuck face. Stop <laughs> I... it, and then I have the longer one. Which one do you think I should No, uh, this is draft five. My doctor's concerned. I'm so weary. <laughs> when Clay opened the letter uh, opened the paper, he had already taken precautions against those who might attack him. Okay. He had the doors of his newspaper office fortified with sheet iron and the windows barred. He kept the building stocked with loaded weapons and iron pikes. Iron pikes? Just in case elephants came in. All right. right. You don't know. I love iron pikes. I mean, that's quite a... Well, uh, if some guys break in... You have guns. Okay, look. If some guys break in yeah. and you kill them, what are you going to do? Leave the bodies? No, you cut the head yeah. off and you put it out in front of the office. Of course.
1: as a message.
0: <laughs> Those are
1: really message pikes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He also he had also purchased two mortar cannons in Cincinnati, which he intended to use against unruly mobs.
1: He was really he waiting ca- for the fucking hammer to come down. Cannons out. in the newspaper. Office. Cannons. Cannons.
0: Uh, Lou Grant had that You ever see the show Lou Grant in the 70s No Yeah it's uh, Ed Asner was a star But yeah he had uh, He's a newspaper man He had cannons
1: Well you've always Gotta have uh, I think most papers Have cannons Magazines yeah. too Yeah, yeah.
0: They, Most yeah Um. He also filled the walls With gunpowder And had an escape Wait, ha- wait. <laughs> And had an escape ha- Hatch built on the Top of the building He told the printers That if the mob If a mob ever broke in They were to go Through the hatch And then blow up the
1: <laughs> Wait, but okay, okay. <laughs> all right, MacGyver. first of all, yeah. Okay,
0: first of all, this, this hatch goes up, right?
1: Yeah. Okay, so I you're gonna. I think there's
0: stairs. So I think you would go up and you climb down, and, and you then climb you... down and
1: then you blow it. I guess light the fuse on the back of the building. Right, of course, because the building's a firework. But um, <laughs> do you not? You Is there the ones... not a concern that having gunpowder in your walls could potentially blow the I... building up of <clears> you inside of it just by I feel some like, happenstance?
0: I feel like it's against fire regulations.
1: Yeah, it's g- but couldn't someone, like, say <laughs> <laughs> it just makes your your office very explosive. Oh, no.
0: You- if anybody comes in, no, there's no smoking in here. Yeah, no, 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 put that out. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Unfortunately, in August, he came down with typhoid. The citizens of Lexington knew he was too ill for a fight, and a crowd of 60 stormed the office, showing his employees a fake court order. They dismantled his press and shipped it to Cincinnati. When Clay was well, he just resumed printing his paper and then sued the leader of the mob. <laughs> he won $2,500. Wow. Clay decided to fight in the Mexican-American War in 1846. Wait. He's, yeah. He had typhoid? No, well, after he was better. Okay. His wife was not pleased, but he believed that if he fought the war, it would help his political chances back home and he'd have a better ability to fight slavery. Okay. Clay and his fellow officers, well, now remember, on the way to Mexico, he had a duel with another officer. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Okay. Mid. mid... <laughs> yeah. Also.
0: He also <laughs> shot a guy on the way to But that was just for pleasure. That was a good time.
1: <laughs> that was just for Clay.
0: Clay and his fellow soldiers were almost immediately captured by the Mexicans. The two majors leading his group had neglected to post sentries on the road while everyone slept. All right, everybody. Shut-eye time. <laughs> should we... Uh, yeah. Should we leave a guy to watch? No. No, no Let's no. just everyone get some rest.
1: Let's everybody crash out. Long
0: day tomorrow, gentlemen. <laughs> At one point, the Mexicans were going to kill, were gonna kill all of the men because one had escaped, but Clay stood up and told the Mexicans to only kill the officers like himself. He ripped open his shirt and showed them where to shoot, pointing at his chest.
1: Very bold.
0: Fucking manly man. Very bold. Just up just up the manning the manliness hundred percent. I mean,
1: I just couldn't ever imagine being no. in a situation where you're gonna die being fairly comfortable, let alone being like let me tell you, well, I know from my own heartbeat I'm right about here's a good spot. I try
0: to pretend like I'm dead.
1: Yeah, that's what I've yeah. always thought that. That's yeah. the move. If there's blood around you, you just sort of take some of it, yeah, put it, put on, it your on your shirt, you. and just Roll be like. Over.
0: Uh, uh. You do not stand up and go, right here!
1: Excuse me? Right in the fucking heart! How about this for an idea? Just kill guys like me!
0: Let the little ones go! The Mexicans were impressed with his bravery and they didn't kill anyone. Cassius Clay was now a war hero.
1: Yeah, all right.
0: Yeah, Let's legitimate, end slavery. legitimate war hero. Speeches were given honoring him. A resolution was passed for his valor by the Kentucky legislature. This was all amazing for a man who is deeply despised in his home state. <laughs> Just because we fucking hate you, but it's really nice job. But honestly,
1: that. you have huge cojones. You
0: have huge balls for being a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. He was co- still constantly threatened for his anti-slavery views. Who would be threatening this motherfucker at this point? Well, everybody, you know, he's fucking up the still status Still, everybody quo. gets
1: stabbed or fucking killed. I know.
0: I wouldn't go near him. This led Clay to being involved in many more fights and duels. <laughs> in the summer of 18... 18- his
1: wife is like, I'm
0: like... Uh, just stop. Christ. In the summer of 1849, Clay traveled to Foxtown, Kentucky to speak out against slavery at a local political meeting. He was then a member of the Liberal Party, which hoped to elect anti-slavery delegates to the upcoming state constitutional convention. A local slave owner, Squire Turner.
1: Sure. Normal name name from uh, normal time.
0: Squire. It was running for office and giving a speech. After the speech, Clay was going to give a counter speech against slavery. Was gonna. This had been going on throughout the campaign and Turner's family and friends were coming increasingly angry. Since the speech was so close to home, Clay did not bring his gun or Bowie knife. Instead, no. he just had a seven-inch knife. Oh, <laughs>
1: sure, sure, boy.
0: You know what? I'm not going to bring my big killing knife. I'm just going to bring the seven-incher.
1: Well, I'm close to home. I think I won't need to kill. Just make points.
0: As Squire continued his speech, he started talking shit about emancipationists, and he got very personal. Turner also went an hour past his allotted time an hour so and... my god could you imagine sitting in there Ugh. so it's fucking two hours of this guy blathering about slaves uh,
1: they give him like three minutes now and that's already too oh, much oh my god i'm not pro-slavery
0: anymore i'm pro-suicide <laughs> wrap it up <laughs> when it was finally time for clay to speak cyrus turner the son of a pro of the pro-slavery candidate called him a liar and struck him with his cane there's a lot of that apparently the,
1: the, you There's need to put of... little fences up on wherever these people are
0: having these speeches and debates. Also, everybody carries something to hit someone with. Yeah, well, everybody hits someone with a Every, hickory stick or hickory cane. Hickory sticks or canes or che- Like, everyone's got something to hit a guy with Which Kentucky. is really a
1: short-term plan. I mean, not to say that you should go up there with a piece, but, you no. know, pop. pop if, a you're sh- if you're going to hit gonna, a guy. If you're going to do it.
0: Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> Clay was then surrounded by a crowd who began clubbing him. Another of Turner's sons, Thomas, tried to shoot Clay in the head with a revolver, but missed. Clay's fourteen-year-old son, Alicia. I'm... Okay, so has the worst name ever given to her. Yeah, I name. mean, uh, Alicia is the worst name. You could think. I mean, I it... assume you could call him Eli, but Alicia. Yeah. I mean, Alicia. Come put your
1: pigtails on, son. Hey, son, we wanted a girl. Hey, <laughs> we made that clear? Where's Lisa? All right, took your penis between your legs. Here's a dress, darling.
0: Oh man. So, Alicia tried to hand his father a revolver. But
1: ended up giving him a daisy.
0: (laughs) But Clay turned it down. What? While he's getting beaten up by Mark. No, not now, not now. Instead, Clay tried to pull his knife, but it was wrestled away from him. Someone then stabbed him in the side with another knife, and then he was stabbed again. Blood was now gushing from his side. Clay would later say, "Quote: I felt the utmost indignation.
1: Of course, and that that well, who wouldn't be feeling that first and foremost?
0: <laughs> Later said so
1: he. I am so indignant right now. Oh my god! Uh, egg! Oh god! No!
0: <laughs> <laughs> he grabbed his knife away from the attacker who had taken it, cutting three of the man's fingers to the bone. Mmm, that's spicy. He then stabbed Cyrus Turner in the gut. Yes, he did. Clay believed he was mortally wounded and yelled out uh, These are his death words. Uh. I fall in the defense of the liberties of the people. Wow. I mean, come on. Fuck? I mean if I if I'm dying, I fall down and go it
1: down. <laughs> they uh, told me not worth it. My belly hurts so bad. They got me right in my belly. Fucking slaves. Yeah, my last words would be pathetic I'd be like, I'm pro-slavery, just stop beating me (laughs) Alright, I see your point Okay, okay, I'll do anything I'll suck your dicks, please
0: Uh, Both men were carried away to their expected deathbeds in the same building
1: Awkward
0: Yeah, Cyrus Turner died 32 hours after the fight It was an agonizing death Clay could hear it from his room Clay himself was so close to death that the Lexington Observer and Reporter went ahead and printed his death notice on June 16th. To the surprise of everyone, Clay did not die. Wow. The Lexington Observer and Reporter then printed a retraction. Lexington
1: Observer, (laughs) shitty paper! Get it right here!
0: (laughs) On June 20th. We now have to make some corrections, and although we are gratified to state Mr. Clay still lives it is believed to be out of danger... Yet it is our sad duty to announce his adversary, Mr. Turner, is dead. <laughs> no, really. We're sure this time.
1: Oh, that is a paper that if you're Clay, oh, you frame oh, that motherfucker. You put
0: that on the wall. Whoa. Remember when I died and then didn't die?
1: Oh, yeah, this is the headline about when I died.
0: Oh, I guess I'd believe your paper if you knew whether or not I was alive. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's a good point, but I will say that I'm immortal, so <laughs> I'm not going to stick with what I think.
0: It took Clay a full year to recover. He explained, I allowed no probing of the wound and ordered nothing to be given to me, relying on my vigor of constitution and my destiny.
1: Which, Which was smart. If there's one thing we've learned from that time, yeah, doctors, it's keep doctors the fuck out of everything you're yeah, dying of. Because
0: they're putting their dirty mitts yeah. in your hole. Uh, like, I don't
1: know. Try coughing in it.
0: Mm. 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 What if I put my hand in pig shit and cram it in the hole?
1: Oh, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Oh, it's looking like the hole's bigger and he's getting sicker. (laughs) I don't know why. Lesson learned. I thought the pig shit would work. (laughs) Well, cross that off the list of things to not put in a wound. (laughs) 950,000 more things to try.
0: The reaction to the fight was the opposite of what Clay wanted. Voters were so disturbed by the violence... That the Emancipation Party gradually lost party in Kentucky. He didn't do shit. No, they, but they blamed him for just being for out being there, being awesome, speaking.
1: for <laughs> being Superman.
0: <laughs> Later, Clay got word that a mob was headed for his home with the intention of driving him across the state line. Clay fortified his house with two cannons, some rifles, and a few loyal friends. That's... His wife and children refused to go. His daughter offered his daughters offered to load the rifles. His daughters, Tommy and Jeff, and the cannons. Okay, yeah, right. The mob heard about the fortification and abandoned their plans. Jesus. Leave him alone. People should just leave
1: him the fuck alone. Do you get it?
0: Do you get it? Leave him alone. Although Clay Clay had inherited his father's wealth, he did not inherit his business sense. His farm and businesses were neglected when he went to war in Mexico, and he made a horrible investment in a bank in Cincinnati. He declared bankruptcy in 1856. All his land and furniture were sold at auction, as were the slaves that had been left for his hares. Though they were bought by his mother's new husband, and some of them were returned to Clay's home. Other than that, Clay's own family did nothing to help him out of the financial mess, but they came to the auction. His brother Brutus purchased many items at the auction, and his mother bought 2,200 acres of land and drew up a document allowing him to stay in the house. Okay. So they could have... I guess they thought it was cheaper to... Buy it at auction as opposed to, like, just giving him money to stay afloat? Anyway. (laughs) Did they just really love auctions? What if you, like, lost your house and then your mob shows up and buys it? Yeah, you can live in it. I mean, I own it now. Well, I
1: told you you could
0: help me keep it. It's mine. It's mine. You can stay in the basement. You're a good boy. There you go. Put your posters up. The fight over slavery continued to heat up. Clay became friendly with abolitionists in the state, even though he disagreed with their desire for violence. It's go time. Yeah. Eventually, the abolitionists, because they were so aggressive, were driven out of Kentucky by mobs. During this time, Clay wrote a public letter to the local paper saying he would defend his home and family to the death if pro-slavery groups came for him. They did not. Yeah. Nothing happened, and Clay remained the leading voice of the anti-slavery movement in Kentucky. He also was now well-known across the United States. The New York Times had begun printing his letters and speeches in the 1840s. Clay was now in great demand as a public speaker. Throughout the 1850s, he traveled the country giving speeches in big cities. It was while he was in Illinois giving speeches that he met Abraham Lincoln. All righty. Who had married Mary Todd, a friend of Clay's wife. As the presidential election of 1860 grew near, Rumblings began for Cassius Clay to run for president. Okay. But he soon began to see Lincoln as the answer for the Republican Party. Get out of here. Yeah, At the convention in Chicago, the party was split. Some wanted William Seward. Some wanted Edward Bates of Maine. Then Clay stood up and spoke to his fellow Republicans. We are now on the eve of a civil war. We, the border state residents, call upon you to nominate Abraham Lincoln, who knows and understands our aspirations. Give us Lincoln, and we will push your battle line from the Ohio River to the Tennessee where it belongs. Give us Lincoln, and we will unite the strength of our union sentiment and with the union army and bring success to your legions do this for us and we will go home and prepare for the conflict so okay he swayed everyone to vote for so lincoln so we're talking
1: right? with well, this is the architect
0: <laughs> <laughs> lincoln was elected president in 1860 cassius clay was very close to being vice president his name was called out at the republican vice president naming committee meeting in chicago but he was not present at the time. <laughs> she, what? So the nomination went to someone else. Was he just fucking saving, he maybe he saving a
1: baby it, from a river or it something? He might
0: have been taking a leak. Did anything happen while I was gone? Um. You? Oh, my God. Seriously? Just, uh, I said to hold it. I Oh, couldn't you
1: just hold it for 10 minutes? I just took the world's biggest piss. <laughs> anyway. Who was dumping this guy? What'd <laughs> oh, I miss? what I miss? Something is not agreeing with me.
0: Because he campaigned so hard for Lincoln, Republicans felt he should be awarded with a high-level position. New York papers called for him to be made Secretary of War, but William Seward believed naming an, eman- an emancipation leader in the position would immediately start a war. He was also not given a position in the Cabinet for the same reason. What? Clay blamed Seward. Lincoln offered him Minister of Spain.
1: Oh, perfect. Exactly what he's been training for.
0: Clay said he didn't want to have anything to do with and, quote, old effete government like Spain.
1: (laughs) Spain taking a little shrapnel.
0: (laughs) Clay said he'd like to go to Russia, and Lincoln agreed. He was named minister to Russia. Okay. Before he left for Russia, Mary and Cassius decided their home was too small, and they would expand it into what would become known as Whitehall. As Clay prepared to leave, the South fired upon Fort Sumner, and the Civil War had begun. Washington D.C. being so close to the South was considered in immediate danger of being raided by rebels. Clay and Senator Lane of Kansas quickly formed a militia to guard the White House until military reinforcements arrived. So he okay, did everything. He did everything. I mean everything. Yeah, he's yeah, he everything. did everything. Uh, some of the militia camped out in the East Room of the White House. The battalion became known as the Clay Brigade and increased Clay's celebrity. So he's just like a fucking rock star at this point. He's like he's like Bruce Willis in Die Hard, but he's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when it came time to depart for Russia, it was decided the ent- entire Clay family would go. Okay. Off they went, where they stayed for a few months until they realized they couldn't handle the cold. <laughs> then everyone but Cassius returned against his wishes. So they were all like, it is cold here. Stay. Bye. No. We love you. Goodbye. His wife left him? Yeah. So it's just him. Yeah, he's alone in Russia.
1: (laughs) This guy's really going for a weird life.
0: Yeah. Sending Clay to Russia turned out to be a brilliant tactical move. Tsar Alexander II was a huge fan of Cassius. He kept Russia from recognizing the Confederacy and, more importantly, from providing them with aid. Uh, And then Russia also pushed Britain and France not to recognize the Confederacy. Clay also helped sway the Russians to sell Alaska to the United States, even though he got no credit. All the credit went to Secretary of, Secretary of State William Seward, who Clay hated. Ugh. It bothered Clay for the rest of his life that Seward got all the credit. He called Seward "quote the meanest, ablest, and most cowardly enemy." <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy who tried to assassinate him is the bravest, yeah, g- best guy. Yeah, I love that brown guy who shot me in the gut and then I cut into <laughs> that pieces. Guy's
1: re- I like that guy's but, going uh, places. The
0: motherfucker who got credit for Alaska, I him up. <laughs>
1: Hand me that hickory stick.
0: Clay returned to the U.S. briefly in 1862. He found a depressed Lincoln stewing over whether or not to release an Emancipation Proclamation.
1: Oh, get the... I mean, this is almost like Forrest Gump. (laughs) This dude's in the background of everything key for slavery. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Lincoln was worried that Kentucky would not join the Union. Clay thought otherwise. Lincoln sent Clay to Kentucky to find out. Clay did, and when he returned, he informed Lincoln that Kentucky would join the Union. Lincoln then released the proclamation on September
1: 22nd. we've never heard of this one either, so... uh, (laughs) First I've heard of the Emancipation Proclamation.
0: Clay went back to Russia and stayed there until 1869. He was without his family and wife for six years, so he got to fucking. Yeah, all right. He was not good at court etiquette, but the Tsar's family found it charming and overlooked his constant blunders. Rumors began circulating back home about his love of Russian women. Other rumors said he was constantly getting into fist fights with Russian men, even nobles over <laughs> over women.
1: can both be true, please?
0: <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they are,
1: They both are true in eighteen
0: sixty seven he found himself in the middle of a scandal when he tried to help a woman. The woman found herself in debtors' prison after her restaurant went belly up. She was Irish Irish lady living in russia okay so, opened a restaurant sure. first of all, who wants Irish food? who's who like
1: who wants stew? <laughs> How about potatoes? <laughs> what about different potatoes? How about some potato water? Would you like some cabbage with your potatoes? Uh, like, uh, the, the, any Irish listeners are probably like, oh, we're going to get away with them where right? I don't have to hear Irish. <laughs> like, no, motherfuckers. No. Dragging you back in. Uh, never. And it's potato based humor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, I'm a Stereotype. Ooh, come on into Mickey, you old stereotypums. How about some whiskey? <laughs> Clay helped bail her out, bought back her furniture that was being sold at auction, and gave her money to rent another house. But he soon found out that she sold all the furniture and did not pay him back any money. He had her tossed out of the house and sold her remaining furniture. She then made false claims that he attacked her and tried to fuck her 14-year-old daughter. Ah. Word got back to the U.S. and the press went wild. Clay was investigated by Congress and the Russians. Both concluded the woman was lying, but Clay's reputation had taken a hit. <clears throat> they, were, they made a lot of cartoons. They sent like the attack. Oh, right. You know, the big cartoon? Yeah. I guess he, like a boner in a 14-year-old's mouth or something? Yeah. <laughs> very very, uh, <laughs> That's like a, very. subtle. Garfield did that. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later, he returned to the U.S. His relationship with his wife had not been a Good one. Why? For a while. I can't, I can't imagine. Why? why. Yeah, I don't of, know.
1: All the fucking?
0: I don't know. And Clay decided to take up that up a notch by visiting friends in New York for a year before returning home to Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I'm back in the States. Yeah, mm. uh, I'm going to hang with you boys for a while. Hey. Aren't you married?
1: Uh, yeah, kind of. Anyway, <laughs> let's go beat the fuck out of some guys and meet chicks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when he did return home, shit was not good.
1: Oh boy! Can you imagine that walk up the driveway?
0: Yeah. Hey. She's gonna
1: be fucking pissed.
0: How you doing? Hey, baby. But that's one of those things. Like after, like you stay there for a little while, and after a couple weeks, you're like, "Fuck, I think I blew up and I go home." Yeah. And then you stay a little while And You're like, oh, "Fuck, I really don't want to go home." Now. Because it's, it's like, like been a it was, month. It was gonna get worse and worse it, and worse. Yeah, it just keeps getting worse. But you also don't want to go because it's already bad. Yeah. And then it just snowballs. And You're like, "It's been a year."
1: Yeah. And then eventually, you're like, "All right, fuck it. I'm gonna go get the shit kicked out of me." And it's amazing too, probably, that the one person he was afraid of was his wife.
0: <laughs> his wife had uh, been given eight thousand dollars to expand the house okay she spent $30, Oh, interesting also his also his younger children acted like they didn't know him mostly because
1: he'd been gone for seven years yeah they
0: didn't know him <laughs> <laughs> i mean what's going on around here they don't even know me this, right this former baby's acting like it doesn't recognize me <laughs> mary And Cassius managed to keep up appearances until 1871 when a boy arrived from Russia. He was four. Oh, boy. His name was Leonid Petrov. Clay renamed the boy Lonnie Clay and adopted him. Okay. He's a terrible boy namer, by the way. Yeah,
1: not good. He's a terrible boy namer. (laughs)
0: Lonnie. That one is Lonnie, and that one's Elisha, and that one's Bridget. Me, Jules. My boy. Here's Samantha, my son. Uh, when Mary asked if the boy was Cassius's son, he just wouldn't answer, neither confirming or denying. So how are you? You been good? Uh-huh. Good, yeah. Whose who's, who's son is this? So what are you, and now let me tell you, to walk me through with the
1: architecture, because I noticed you've really added on here.
0: Whose son, whose boy is this? Oh my God, do you
1: ever get like that pain in your lower back? Okay. It'll just keep you up at night? Okay.
0: I'm going to go out for a little while, so... <laughs> <laughs> no! Around the same time, the Tsar sent a painting of a famous ballerina named Anna Petrov. Oh, boy. That clay hung in Whitehall. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: This painting is called Rubbing It In.
1: <laughs> this is the hall of fuck you.
0: <laughs> hey, honey, you want to come into the uh, Who I Bone room and look at the pictures? <laughs> Clay's personal photo album I mean, also.
1: Is, it's never good when you post another girl on your Facebook
0: no. wall. Or any wall. Or, any, or the wall above the fireplace. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Clay's personal photo album also contained a couple of pictures of her. Years later, Clay would say he didn't abandon his own flesh and blood like so many others have. So he basically said the boy was his. Right. Turns out Mary was not at all happy with the boy's arrival or the painting of the ballerina. After two weeks of the child being in the home, she took all the kids and moved to Lexington. They were eventually divorced in 1878 after 45 years of marriage. Now, back in the States, Clay didn't have much to do. His whole life had been devoted to getting rid of slavery, and that was now done. He didn't have much left to offer in the political world. Now he was living in a huge house, house with his son, Lonnie. The Russian boy, who was now his son, yeah. His neighbors continued to hate him, partially blaming him for the war.
1: Okay, Jesus.
0: Then a succession, which is true.
1: Well, yeah, but uh, like, it's nice to see that they haven't changed their opinions on whether or not it was good.
0: Then a succession of black foremen who worked on his farm were killed by the Ku Klux Klan. Then things got really weird.
1: What? Then things got really weird?
0: It started after the boy came to Whitehall and Mary left with the children. Clay's servants all of whom he had set free years before began to revolt against him it started subtly with the servants stealing property from his home then they began to threaten him outright when Lonnie came down with an illness clay discovered that servants had been beating and starving the boy he lost it and forced all the servants to leave one day in 1877 now he was really alone so september 30th 1877 clay and lonnie were riding a mule across the property when Cassius spotted a man in the woods. It was Perry White, the son of the cook Clay had fired. Clay had intercepted letters from Perry to his mother in which threats were made about Clay. Clay got off the mule and told White to raise his hands. White did, but then he reached for his gun. Clay shot him in the neck and the heart, which are two really important
1: places. Are they? I'm not a doctor, but that sounds treacherous. That's a
0: bad place for a hole. Okay. Clay then fled to get authorities. When help arrived 45 minutes later, White's family was already taking away the body. That meant they had all known his intentions or had at least been lurking as part of the plot. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. So it must have been it must have been that they were mad about the wife leaving. It must be, right? But uh, so he, he's the, not living the... there. So he's not living there for years and then he what comes What's the back, race of the servants? They're, they're all black.
1: So how could Black, how could you... It's fucking insane. Like how, you, no matter what he, like, look, yes, of course, he, look, he went out, he fucking, you know, he blazed the trail the for shit, a little while, for but sure. But he
0: also helped free them not, and fought not only, for their you, How can you take...
1: The guy who freed him? how could you take that personally?
0: It's insane. So whatever happened is fucking crazy. Wow. <clears throat> now Clay was making headlines as the emancipator who had to kill a black man.
1: Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Imagine that the fucking press. Exactly. Imagine Fox News, how apeshit they are Uh, going. Apeshit.
0: The pro-slavery papers had a field day, mocking the man who had killed a black man he had fed and housed. Clay was tried and acquitted on all grounds of self-defense, but Clay began to deteriorate mentally after the incident. Okay, so now he's older, and he has spent his life uh, always being concerned about being attacked. Yeah. For for fucking years yes, uh, has been attacked, has been in duel, so he's probably got a little bit of PTSD. Sure. And now he's getting crazy and like paranoid, which makes sense. Yes. Right. Well,
1: and he also he, he can't do anything right. Right. No matter what he does, the public is like, what a fucking loon. Yeah. So he's what fucked. a shithead. Here's another cartoon.
0: He began to see conspiracies everywhere. He grew increasingly paranoid. He believed there was a vendetta against him and that his ex-wife was the leader. Okay. <clears throat> when they divorced, one of the stipulations was that she couldn't marry until he died. Well, I, now, that's a, that's I, I lo-
1: a, that's a good that's lawyer. <laughs> that's a good lawyer right there. That's, I mean... I, imagine, imagine being able to get that shit going today. I mean... <laughs> could you imagine? No. Okay.
0: So, the last thing I want to put in here, Heather, is that... Uh, <clears throat> you can't marry until I'm dead. All
1: right, so uh, she gets half of everything. I'll obviously be paying the child support, and uh, she uh-huh. can't fuck no more.
0: Later. <laughs> <laughs> Still mine, bitch. Woo! <clears throat> so now he thought she was trying to kill him, so she could marry someone else. Uh, well, listen, that's why you don't put that in your fucking that's divorce. Exactly right. it's something that you can focus on. Yeah, he's getting a little cuckoo bananas. <laughs> yeah, so he's clearly got some kind of dementia. Clay bought four ferocious guard dogs that patrolled Whitehall. He stocked the house with loaded guns and Bowie knives. Some people reported that anyone who went near the house had a warning shot fired over their heads. I'm the mailman. I come every fucking day. His two cannons were set up in the house and filled with rocks, nails, bricks, and other shrapnel. He started calling his home Fort General Green Clay. He was now nicknamed the Lion of Whitehall. I'll take it. It's not a bad nickname. So wait, what is happening to little Lonnie? Well, he's still there. Okay, he's just like,
1: Dad? Dad, what's going on? Why are you putting all those nails in that cannon? <laughs> Don't worry about it, son. God, i got taking care of this. Don't worry about it. Your dumb old mom's trying to marry someone else.
0: I'm going to blow your mom's head off with a brick. That's, that's the milkman. That's not my mom, actually. Well, the point
1: is, I fucked my way through Russia.
0: Clay was really only close to his sons, Green and Lonnie, but then Green died in 1883, and then Lonnie left for the university in Richmond. Clay was now completely alone. Aside from the occasional hired hand and rare visit from his children, in his memoirs, Cassius wrote that he was so lonesome at night that he would let bats fly through the windows so he could hear the sounds of life in the house. (laughs)
1: Listen. The only person you want saying that is
0: Bruce Wayne.
1: <laughs> that is the greatest. That
0: is really. Sad. That is the greatest <laughs> that sentence that, that has fun. ever been read <laughs> on this really, podcast. That is really low. <laughs> He's so lonesome at night that he would let bats fly through the windows so he could hear the sound of life in that. Oh, house.
1: that's right. Existence.
0: Oh, I'm not alone. Oh, it's nice to
1: hear. Hey, little bats. That's nice to hear. Ah, <laughs> uh, listen to him. Oh, the pitter patter of little wings. <laughs> My only friends.
0: (laughs) A New York Journal reporter managed to get Cassius to let him in for an interview. He described Whitehall.
1: Oh, boy. Ready? Oh, (laughs) boy.
0: Fences are dilapidated. There is no sign of life about the place. One statue stand among the trees, a ghost of the grandeur of other days. Great marble vases, which once graced the approach to the main entrance, have fallen. The blinds are all closed, drawn. No dogs bark, even to greet or warn an intruder. Grass has found its way up in crannies where it should not be. The silk curtains in the great door are frayed and faded. On the floor were old newspapers and bits of boxes. A long table was littered with books, papers, boxes of odds and ends, scraps of string. A box of eggs stood on the floor near a pair of shoes. Close to the fire was the tumbled bed. Before the fire, an armchair over which a soiled woolen blanket was tied.
1: Who wouldn't want to live there? <laughs> Where should I put my shoes? Near the eggs.
0: <laughs> Why well, don't step on the eggs? Whoopsies. The reporter also noted, noted a colt revolver and bowie knife were always within reach. The public had heard, Which
1: probably made the reporter feel right at home.
0: Yeah. The reporter heard nothing about, uh, sorry, the public had heard nothing about Cassius Clay for years, but that all changed in 1894. Clay had become smitten with Dora Richardson, the sister of a sharecropper who worked on his land. Though she was very poor and belonged to, quote, the criminal class, as Clay said, she seemed beautiful to him. Okay. I think it's nice to point out that a lady you dig is part of the criminal class. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Listen, he likes a bad girl. (laughs) What are you going to do?
0: He wrote an article for the New York Journal praising her long red hair, her gray eyes, and her voice. On November thirteenth, they married. He was eighty-four, and she was fifteen. Oh shit! Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? Now, okay. No. Now, does this now think back to when he was in Russia and a woman accused of him trying oh, to fuck her fourteen-year-old no. daughter? Yeah. Why not? Well, oh. Clay's children had desperately tried to stop the wedding. Why talking two men about it officiating officiating it two judges before he finally married her in secret when news of the wedding became public the community was immediately outraged a mob of thirty men showed up at Whitehall believing Clay had gone crazy and was holding the girl prisoner a totally valid
1: you, well yeah. yes yeah <laughs> that's fair to think that there's something wrong here
0: <laughs> Clay stepped outside armed with two guns and a Bowie knife he's like eighty four <sighs> here we go. <laughs>
1: Let me dust off the old boo and knife. Got one more in deep and shed me.
0: Violence was avoided when the girl came to the window and said she wasn't being held prisoner and was his wife. We can assume that everyone left far more bummed than when they arrived.
1: Yeah, I fucking <laughs> bet. Like, Ugh. Oh, so we don't is... get to kick his ass and she's into it?
0: Fuck, this is gross. Let's 84. just go. Oh, I'm just walking back. I just keep picturing him humping her. Yeah, stop saying that, man. Hey, Come just on. Just think about it. Stop. The marriage to Dora would only last four years. Oh, boy. (laughs) Most
1: of her life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Later, Clay would give several reasons for marrying her. One was that she was his house cleaner and people would talk if she lived there. Two. Not uh, good. Two, she was an orphan and he was helping her.
1: These are not valid. To marry her?
0: Three, and finally, that it was a social experiment. Quote,
1: Oh, my God.
0: In marrying Dora Richardson, my peasant wife, I not only married to please myself, but to vindicate the principle that the prince and the peasant shall intermarry if they choose.
1: Sure. He's a scientist of sorts. So that's nice. He is right? He's a social experimenter. <laughs> he can't. I mean. Ugh.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember how great he was when he was just stabbing and shooting people? uh, He's taking a turn. I
1: will say what is refreshing is to hear that people were outraged because in this time you never fucking know.
0: Well, but also, look, this is a guy who clearly had some mental issues. And and this is what happens when there's no help around. Yes. You just go fucking nuts and you marry 15 year olds and you (laughs) get crazy dogs and you live with eggs on the floor. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Look, you put eggs in your shoes and you marry adolescents. It's what happens.
0: Like, this is what happens if no one is there to help you out. When Clay was 92 years old,
1: three... He married a (laughs) four-year-old man.
0: (laughs) He married a badger. (laughs) I just want to show that a prince can marry an animal.
1: Listen, a lot of people are saying badgers are filthy animals. I'm just showing that you can marry and domesticate them. Free the badgers! (laughs)
0: When Clay was 92 years old, three men broke into Whitehall late one evening in an attempt to either rob or attack the old man. But Clay was still Clay. He shot one, eviscerated a second with a Bowie knife, ah, and seriously injured the third before the intruder escaped.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he just 92? He three two guys can't take a 92-year-old Clay.
0: He fucking shot one, and he gutted another one. He eviscerated a man. At
1: 92. 92. Ah, this is all I've been waiting for. (laughs) I mean, imagine imagine being able to get your shoes on at 92.
0: (laughs) Or your eggs. Clay passed away on July 2nd, 1903. And as a testament to his anti-slavery work, mourners at his death included both white and African-Americans. A newspaper on the day of his funeral wrote, quote, Never was a more striking scene witnessed on the way to Richmond where the funeral services were to be held from every humble Negro cottage alongside the road. And at every crossroads, the mothers and large children carrying those who were too little to walk. The Negroes were lined up to pay their respects to the man whom they honored as the Abraham Lincoln of Kentucky
1: or as Abraham Lincoln,
0: except his right. Abraham Lincoln is from Kentucky. But yeah, um, but didn't he didn't Lincoln didn't he move to Illinois he was or yeah Illinois is where he right, yeah, I think so, but anyway, so aside from the his own slaves who he freed who tried to kill him, he was still thought well, of you
1: would yes, i well, I get that it's just when you honestly the big the big red flag and all that is the you know marriage to a fifteen year old
0: right it's a little weird, it's a little tough, that's you a tough what? one to swallow, you try to recapture your youth. You tell me how you're doing at 92. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, you get a, yeah. (laughs) Get more horses on your fucking carriage.
0: (laughs) On November 11th, 1912, nine years after the death of Cassius Clay, Herman H. Clay, a descendant of African-American slaves who had grown up at Whitehall and was freed by Cassius Clay, named his son Cassius Marcellus Clay in tribute to the abolitionists. Mm Mm-hmm. Cassius M. Clay Jr. developed as a heavyweight champion boxer who became famous. After converting to the Nation of Islam, Cassius Clay changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Ali was quoted that he changed his name and denounced his slave name, which is amazingly ironic. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So he, so his relatives were from Whitehall, and they were freed by Ca- Cassius by Clay. By Cassius Clay. And then in return... One of them named their son Cassius Clay, who then had another son, Cassius Clay Jr., who then became, became Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali because he thought the, the name, name Cassius Clay was, was, was a slave name. name but it which actually, it was a slave name, but it was but it was the name of the man who freed the slave.
1: <laughs> wow, that's fucking crazy. Good God. Yeah. That's amazing that Muhammad. Uh, Why he didn't know? He made a very quick decision. He didn't well, it know. Is, it is technically a slave name. It is, but it's all—it's also not at all a slave
0: name. No, it's not like a slave name of a guy who like kept them slaves all their lives and yeah. worked them to death. It's the name of the guy who spent his whole life trying to free slaves. Yeah, I mean, pining to free slaves. Yeah, that was all he did. That was his whole existence. And you know, there's a couple other things. And marrying young girls, <laughs> bunch of Russia for a little while, fucking bunch of Russian ladies. Anyway, well, besides that, <laughs> you know what? Martin Luther King was also uh, a philanderer. Like he messed around his wife, yes. but we don't think about him that way. We think about the great things he did. Yes. So I think the same thing should go for Cassius Clay. I I, uh, I agree. Occasionally, a man who helps free the slaves can also bone children. Yeah. Let's put, let's put let's put it. This a, turned into a bummer.
1: Okay, that it's a weird end. <laughs> sure, it's a weird end. <laughs> Let's I mean, put the I good mean, on the bad on the scales, right. and I think you'd
0: find that the good. Uh, but poison. back then, it was legal. No, you could marry a fifteen-year-old in Kentucky. You could marry a twelve-year-old in a long time for Georgia. So, uh, wow. I don't even know what that age is now, but I'm sure you can still marry fifteen-year-olds in places. I like think that. it's. Listen, I'm <clears> on all the
1: websites. I believe it's sixteen. <laughs> so, I sixteen-year-olds out there. <laughs>
0: Uh, Oh, I just don't. Just the sex is upsetting.
1: Yeah, that's upsetting. But other than that, that's fucking But, you know,
0: apparently, from what I read, the family wanted her to marry because... They thought it would help them get financial security because they were super, super, super poor. Yeah. I mean, they were sharecroppers, so their life was no fucking yeah. walk in the park. I'm
1: sure it got better.
0: So they basically sold her off, kind of. Sure. And she, she was... took it for the family, mm. literally.
1: Oh, okay. Any more uh, dates to plug? <laughs> <laughs> you.
0: Well, yeah. And we go. that's probably why we don't, that's probably why a lot of people don't know about Cassius Clay, is because of what he did at the end. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, he's other... a real rube.
1: Yeah,
0: Israel. All right, well done. Well, we stopped slavery.
1: (laughs) It's true. Oh, hey there, everybody! It's Gareth. You know from this uh, this podcast. Uh, Listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. Uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I uh, Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them.